You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. It's a Friday fun show. It's Friday, August 26th, 2022. It's Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. It's 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Happy Friday to you. Matt Miguez here. The co-host, producer, better hair, best friend, wingman, all the all the names. Mr. James Mesh sitting in his, his cubicle of shame. James, what's up, buddy? The cubicle of shame? The cubicle of shame. Why do you call it that? Because you're in it. <laughs> all right. Because I'll make, you're in I'll it. make note of that. That's, I mean, that's it, it's shameful because you fill it with shame. You're my 13th reason. <laughs> wow. Okay, well, on today's show, we're going to get into a litany of topics. James and I are going to look at LSU's schedule in 2022, and we're going to talk about how many games do the Tigers win this year. We're going to look at some top stories. We're going to talk Saints football. They play their final preseason game tonight against the Los Angeles Chargers. Jake Crane of Crane & Company will join us at 5 o'clock for Jake's Takes. At 5.30, we're going to do Barry McKnight, the radio play-by-play voice of the Troy Tro- Trojans, will join us for a preview of Troy. And then at 5.20, James and I will look. We uh, we went. We each went through our own NFL season made predictions, and we're going to tell you who we think is going to win the Super Bowl. And I, I think we are in agreement on who's going to win, but we'll get into that a little bit later on in the show. 337-706-0111 if you want to get in on the game hotline. And if you are in Acadiana, you can watch our TV simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. Poll question of the day, and I did say poll question because in our football movie bracket, we are down to the championship. So we've been going through the best football movies of all time and letting you decide. And so far, we are now in the finals. Remember the Titans and the Water Boy. That is a wide spectrum of, of football movies. Two classics, but they're on opposite ends of the spectrum. Uh, so far, 61.5% have voted for Remember the Titans to 385 for The Water Boy. Got a comment from John Paul. He said the replacements is better than both of those. JP, you got to let it go, bud. You got to let it go. Replacements is a great movie, but it just didn't win. It wants that salty run back. It just didn't win. So it, you know, it's just it's gonna be what it, what it's gonna be. So James, couple stories off the top, and you've got a, a rather interesting one out of the high school football ranks in Texas. I can't wait to talk about this. Good. Oh, you want me to do it? Yeah, good. Oh, okay. Where is it? Okay, so the Alamo Heights Independent School District. 
they found themselves in a little bit of controversy involving Oreos. Which I love Oreos, but now after reading this article, I don't know. I don't know that I can eat an Oreo again. I don't know. If, well, I would say for a while. Well, yeah, for for a while. So, the Alamo Heights High School varsity squad—they've been suspended two games, and they've also been given in-house suspensions and eight hours of community service service for hazing. Now, here's what it came down to. The seniors, they were doing kind of an initiation where they were going out to the baseball field and they got, you know, the the freshmen and the sophomores to put the Oreos that were dipped in hot sauce. They never specified what brand, but it was dipped in hot sauce and it was put between some cheeks. (laughs) Now, what you did with it, they had a race. They raced each other, actually. And if any of the cookies they fell out, they the they others they raced each other completely naked. Yes, I was gonna get to that soon, but yes, they did do it naked. Well, I, I mean, how else are you gonna have the well, the cookies? Well, stay? right, right, right. But and if, then if if it fell out, <laughs> the others had to eat it. Then they were also throwing hot sauce on players. And then later at a party, they made some of the freshmen do dances in their boxers with the cheerleaders. <laughs> this is so. You, you know what's funny? Alex in our league. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's two of them, but one of them it said, "So is this our punishment for getting last place?" Oh no, <laughs> nope. It sure isn't because if I get last place, it is not happening. It's not happening. You better not lose. Um, we can get one of the cages cheerleaders. So look, here's the thing. Obviously, hazing is a part of sports. It. I don't know that it should be, but it just it is. It always has been. But I've also been of the mindset that there is appropriate hazing and then there's taking it too far and these 21 students at alamo heights high school in san antonio texas took it too far there was there was a line and and you you crossed it oh they they stepped 20 feet over it yeah you you crossed it um really when when reading it and reading the punishment i'm surprised they only got two games I'm, I'm surprised it won the whole year. I'm I'm very surprised it's only two games and only ten hours of community. You're knocking that out on a Saturday. I was gonna say you just spend your Saturday morning do all that. You're done by Saturday night and you go do you're, what you want to do. You, you knock that out in a day, or or God two Saturdays. God forbid. Or you do five on Saturday, five on Sunday, and then you're done. You know the the worst part is gonna be, um, return to coach. Coach coach is going. Oh, bruh. All the, all the suicides. That's bad. No. Wind all sprints. The, wind sprints. I was going to say going up the uh, going up the stadium. Going up and down the stadium for for all the practice for right. three hours. Right. We're not even practicing oh, plays. That's, oh, God, no. Anyways, a couple other stories to get to. You know, we talked about it a little bit yesterday, the, the Rams-Bengals fight. Dude, look. I don't care 
who you are. If a grown man is swinging helmets at other grown men, it's assault. Now, I know that since it was at practice, the NFL can't hand down a punishment. I get it. And you know damn well the the, the Rams, Rams aren't going to suspend them either, which is crap. You'll give them a fine of like 30 k If Sean Payton was their coach, that dude's getting suspended. Sean Payton didn't care what you did or who you were. It that's that's such a sticky situation. I mean, and I, I get it. You know, fights happen in training camp, and you know that's kind of part of it. And whatever. Why are grown men swinging helmets at other grown men? It got tense. Like that's that. <laughs> it got tense. That's not tense. That's childish. That's childish. You stopping Aaron Donald? I mean, no, I'm running the other direction. Okay. But it's, if he rips your helmet off, what you doing? Oh, <laughs> mercy. I'm out. You got that, bro. Yeah, you you good. You good. Um, yeah, if I don't have a helmet on, oh yeah, I'm running the other way. 100%. Now, if I had a helmet on, I mean, let's go. But if you took my helmet and I am defenseless, oh yeah. I'm going to jog back to the sidelines, give me that Powerade bottle, and we'll call it a day. Because practice got called right after that. But you see, the funniest part to me of this is Zach Taylor, the Bengals head coach. They they call practice early, and they still meet with the media. And obviously, the media's first question was about the fight. <laughs> what happened? Zach Taylor's opening words. Yeah, they got a little scuffly. Scuffly, okay. A little scuffly. You call swinging helmets a scuffle? There was a large crowd of dudes all next to each other. I mean... It did get a little scuffly. He said it got a little scuffly. It's all good, though. And then then they were like, well, what made the decision to call it? He said, well, we were in the last period, so we weren't going to sacrifice safety for a couple plays. He says, we just decided to call it early. Makes sense. It was like, I mean, that's smart, but that that's, you know, like, I, I don't know. It, it seems a little weird that the coaches, especially the coach of the team opposing the guy swinging the helmet, was just so nonchalant about it. Spirit of the game. Seems a little strange to me. Spirit of the game, baby. But, uh, all right, so... Couple other things to get to. The Saints play tonight. And according to multiple reports, Jameis Winston expects to play in some capacity. Yes, sir. Now define some capacity. He's playing a series or two? I'm Pro- fine with it. Probably the first quarter. That makes me a little nervous. That's, that's that two, makes me a little that's nervous. Two, maybe three drives, depending on how fast or slow the game goes. That makes me nervous. Oh my! That that last drive, man. <laughs> that, that that third drive is too much for me. Oh, no, I'm kidding. I'm third kidding. time's a charm. Look, man, I'm I'm excited to 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 watch it and see what he looks like because I mean it's been so you've come around to it. I don't love it, but I mean if it's gonna happen, I'm gonna accept it. 
I was going to say, it's not like you have much of a choice. Right, right. That, that's my thing. I, I can't change it. So, I mean, if that's what they're going to do, then I mean, I'm going to watch it and figure out what kind of quarterback we've got going into the season. But, uh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't love the idea. I would have much rather him played in the first preseason game and then you, you shut him down after that. Because that's how it used to work. You know, when you played when you played four preseason games, you the, would do it. No, you would. St- the third game was the one where you you played the most of your starters. You would play the most, the most time. right? The first game they'd usually play a series. The s- second was a you'd, series or two. You probably got two series, and then the third, depending on the team, you played a quarter. You maybe played a half, depending on. I, I saw I saw Drew a couple times would play a half, but that was rare. And then the fourth um, game, it's just you, it's you just straight right. people that all your starters set. It's it's only third and fourth straighters right. the rest of the way. Um, so so if starters were going to play at all, I would have played them in the first game. And then you know, this game they wouldn't be playing. Played them in the first game, maybe played them a little bit more in the second game than not play them at all tonight. Well, the game but, has changed to where you now have one more game to actually play that means something. But you still have the same amount of buys. Yep. So you got to rest them as much as you can. You play them maybe a little bit. I mean, you did that with the Texans. You played a few of your starters. You had yeah, you, you had Olave out. You didn't play Jarvis. You didn't play Mark or Alvin, but a good bit of the O-line was out there. Do you think Alvin plays tonight? No. No? Shouldn't. I don't need to see him. We already know what we got out of him. That's fair. That's fair. We already know what we got out of Mark, too. We got to save him as much as we can. Updating the tour championship. How about Scotty Scheffler? 19 under par through 15 holes today. He's four under for the day. Looking down the leaderboard, Xander Shoffley at 13 under. John Ron up to 12. Patrick Cantlay still at 11 under. But one guy we got to look at, you're going to have to watch Max Homa throughout the weekend. He went eight under today to put himself tied for sixth heading into the weekend. He could make a run and and make things very, very interesting. Sam Burns had a bad day today for over to fall to two under for the tournament. Jordan Spieth, Colin Morikawa at six under as well. Going to be a fun weekend of golf over there in Hotlanta to determine can Scotty Scheffler keep this dominance up and capture his first tour championship this weekend. I think he can, and I think he will. Uh, but again, you're going to have to watch a couple of those guys behind him. No question about it. The Arneville Volunteer Fire Department is hosting a Black Pot Cookoff Saturday, September 10th. Cooking begins at 8 a.m., and the eating will start at noon. It's at the Flower Auditorium in Arneville. Plenty of live music featuring Gerald Grenig and Gentili Zydeco, Dustin Sanye, and Sweet Cecilia. For more information, visit www.arnavillefire.org. We'll take a time out, and when we return here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh, the LSU schedule, we'll look at it, and we'll break down each game to determine what the first record of Brian Kelly's tenure will be in Baton Rouge. You're listening to the game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Let me tell you about one of the best 
sports bars in town. It's the Hangout Sports Pub on Fortune Road in Youngsville. It's Youngsville's newest place to hang out with friends and catch all the games. Saints game tonight? You can catch it. Week zero college football tomorrow? You bet. Hell, Premier League Premier League soccer will be on. They are opening at 6 a.m. on Saturdays and Sundays to show Premier League soccer and then going into both college and NFL football. Live music, drink specials daily, great food. I mean, burger sliders, pepper jack boudin balls, loaded fries, shrimp, you name it, they have it. Casey Friend and his wife own the establishment. They're absolutely phenomenal. They welcome you to where friends meet and make new friends. It's the Hangout Sports Pub in Fortune Road in Youngsville, right there next to Gladiators Academy. And when you go, let them know that Miguez and Mesh sent you. 21 minutes after the hour. All right, James, let's look at LSU's football schedule and break down how we think things are going to go. Week 1, Sunday, September 4th. They've got Florida State in the Caesars Superdome. Now, Florida State has been down for the last couple years. However, they're still Florida State. Most years, I would say this is a normal game. This is a a good matchup. This year, I don't know that I can say that. I I think LSU wins this one pretty handedly. For me, I got it. I got them winning as well. Uh, For some reason, sometimes the numbers just speak to me. And I was looking at it, I'm like, 27-20. I know the spread is 3.5 in favor of the Tigers, but with that being the spread, I'd probably get the Tigers because I I think it'll be by a touchdown. 27-20 seems fair. Um, I think the score will be close, but the game... You know, there's games where the scoreboard tells a different story than the game did. Yeah. I, I I think the game's the scoreboard's gonna be close. You'll see maybe a twenty seven to twenty game. I think the Tigers beat them worse than that though. Especially when it comes to them probably looking to run the ball a lot more and control yeah. the clock. So you'll have a little bit fewer possessions. Right. So with that being the case, it may be a little bit lower of a score, but it'll be efficient scoring. And then the next weekend, September tenth, they're at Tiger Stadium to take on Southern. I mean, this house is going to be packed, and Southern's band's going to put on a show. But when it comes down to football, LSU's running away with this one. Yeah, going to be a pretty solid 2-0 and start when it comes down to it. Game three at home, Mississippi State. This game's interesting. Will Rogers is one of the top quarterbacks in the SEC. Mike Leach is an interesting coach. They've got a pretty good that's defense. A, that's, that's a nice way to put it. He, he's, he's intriguing. Um, big air raid guy. Yeah, big air raid guy. I mean, Will Rogers threw for 40-something, over 4,000 yards last year. I mean, just wild numbers. Um, this is a close game. I think this is LSU's first loss. Really? I think it is. I have them winning this one, even if, even if it being at a weird time at 5 o'clock. That will yeah. call me off guard. Usually I'd, you play at 2.30, 11, or 6. This one's at 5. But it is on the four letter network. I was about to say you're on the you, not not just the four letter network, the four letter network's main, main channel. Yeah, it's not going to be two or you or right. Yeah, you or whatever spinoff you want to give it. This is going to be the main one. When when there isn't a number or a letter behind those four numbers, you say okay. 
they want five o'clock, you play at five o'clock. That's just that's nature of the beast. Next week, New Mexico and Baton Rouge. Dub. Yeah. Pretty, pretty easily. I don't think we have to spend too much time on no, this one. We don't. We really don't. Uh SEC play continues the week after they will travel to Auburn, Alabama to take on the Auburn Tigers. Auburn's interesting. They they still don't really know who their quarterback's going to be. You're probably going to roll with TJ Finley. If you do, then you've also got a you, you talk about Tank Bigsby in the backfield, which is which is a great, you know, situation in in terms of a running back. Their defense is okay. In the end though, even what some people are predicting to still be a down year for LSU, LSU wins this game. Yeah, same here. Uh, it's on the road, but it feels like if you're going to lean on your running game, that's what you want to do on the road, is lean on your defense in the running game. So you'll be able to control the clock. Not to mention, LSU's got a pretty good overall history of taking on Auburn. Yeah. So you've got them at... 5-0 and oh so far. You have them at 5-0. and oh, I have them at 4-1. and one. Okay. Uh, Tennessee the next week. Again, another interesting matchup. Hendon Hooker, you got a great wide receiver in Cedric Tillman. You've got a good defense. Josh Heupel has he did really well at UCF. He's off to a pretty good start at Tennessee. I, I may be drinking the Kool Aid too much, but I'll say this is the first L. I I I agree with you. I think this is the second L for LSU. You saying that? Okay. Yeah. It, it's going to be a war. It's going to be a great game. I just don't – I think Tennessee's got one more play in them than LSU does. I think it's going to be one of those games. Tennessee just makes one more play. I was going to say, maybe they they make that final stop. Yep. Could be. Could be. Uh, week after, you go to Gainesville to play Billy Napier in the Florida Gators. I like Billy for obvious reasons. But i got to take the experience in Brian yeah. Kelly. LSU wins this one. Close game. Good game. LSU wins it. Next week, Ole Miss. Again, another situation. Lane Kiffin. You got Jackson Dart at quarterback. You got a couple good wide receivers. You've got a good defense. I I can't say that LSU is going to lose three games at Tiger Stadium in one year. I just can't. So since it's in Baton Rouge, give give me give me LSU. LSU, okay. Oh, uh, this one feels like it could be a shootout. Oh, and it it will be. It will like, be. Like it feels like this one would be a 41-38 game, mm-hmm. if not more. Mm-hmm. If not more. It will be. I've been I've been flip-floppy about this one, but I, I think I gotta take the Tigers as well. Yeah. So I've got them. That's what, six and two at this and point? And I'm seven and one. You get a bye week and then you play Alabama. I mean L. <laughs> yeah. L. Uh, I'm I'm sorry. I, I hate to say it that way, but you're six I mean, and three. I'm seven and two. There 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 can't be anybody that that thinks LSU is going to beat Alabama. You just there's there's no way. There's no way. Like I I have them going twelve and zero. You go to Arkansas. I think that's a loss too. Yeah, I, I have I think them that's, in in Fayetteville. I think that's a loss. I have them losing that one. You come back. You play UAB. That's a win. That's a. That's to That's pick a me up to try and help you hype you up for this final game. And then you go into A&M. 
I, I say they beat A&M. I say you beat A&M. I think that, but the difference maker for me is the fact that it's going to be at A&M. Yeah. That, that's where it gets, and, that's and where Kyle, it gets to me. And Kyle Field's not an easy place to play. Uh, that's a, I mean, you, everybody knows the story of the 12th man. It's not an easy place to play. You hate you hate to end on a sour note with a regular season, but so you've got them losing. So I got them losing. Okay, I got because we both end up going eight and four, but we have slightly different paths. Do I have them? I do have them going eight. No, yes, yeah, I do. I do. Have you have Mississippi State, Tennessee, yeah, Alabama, Alabama, Arkansas. and Arkansas. Yeah, and that's exactly what I've said all along. Eight and four. So that's that's fair. I have them finishing four and four in the division. I mean, four and four in the SEC. They win all four of their non-conference games. It's just weird that the road schedule's so much lighter than the home schedule. Well, they they got lucky with that kickoff game in the Superdome because that's technically being counted as a home game. So they technically have. But I'm lo- I'm games. looking at the I'm looking at the SEC home games and the SEC away games. Oh, like the like the talent. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm you're. I you're hosting. Know. You're hosting Ole Miss in Alabama and Tennessee, but you're going on the road for Auburn and Florida and A and M and Arkansas. Yeah, I, I think they're pretty even. I, it's so it's so tempting for me to Other say Bama. It's so tempting for me to say they lose three in a three in a row to Ole Miss, Alabama, and Arkansas. But at the same time, I don't think Brian Kelly will allow that. So either they would lose to Ole Miss, lose to Alabama, but come back and win on the road at Arkansas. But then at that point, it's like, well, geez, your on-the-road record's insane. Right. Yeah, I, again, I and, – and it, it just feels like it's a weird schedule. And there's a couple games in here, you know, I have them losing to Tennessee, but that's one of those games I could just as easily see them winning. Mississippi State, too. That's the thing that's so interesting about this LSU team. I think they're going to be eight and four, but if they play their cards right, they could be ten and two, or they could be seven and five. Like there's so many question marks, and not only on LSU in the SEC. There's a lot of hype on Tennessee. Will they be able to deliver? There's a lot of hype on Mississippi State. They haven't been able to deliver on hype in the past. Arkansas had a good year last year. Can they continue it? Ole Miss, same thing. They won 10 games last year. Can they keep that going? Like There's there's a lot of question marks when it comes to the SEC this year. I think your only two constants in the SEC are Alabama and Georgia. And I don't even know that I can call Georgia a constant with how much they lost. I still think they're going to be very good. I still think they win the SEC East. But, I mean, are, are they are maybe they, they'll probably it feels like more likely would be the the number four team. They could be a two loss team because I've heard a lot of people talk about the fact that you're going to see a two loss team make the playoff for the first time, and I don't necessarily disagree. I mean, Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama. I think Bama goes undefeated, and I think they're the only undefeated team in football. I, this year is going to be very, very entertaining, to to say the absolute least. So, uh, LSU going eight and four this year is both of our predictions. We'll uh, 
we'll see if that holds up for you. Football season is here, and the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to crown you the tailgating king with the ultimate tailgate giveaway powered by St. Landry Lumber, Austin Outdoors, and the game. Score $500 to Chop Specialty Meats, a new grill with accessories, a cooler, a set of chairs, a $500 Visa gift card, tickets to LSU and Raging Cajun games, and much more. Enter in the Game Rewards Club, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's the ultimate tailgate giveaway powered by St. Landry Lumber, Austin's Outdoors, and the Game. We'll take a timeout right here, 433 on your Friday fun show, and when we return, James and I will preview the Saints and the Chargers tonight from the Caesars Superdome. This is the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Had a rough day at work? Got lady problems? Not to worry, because you have two wingmen right here. You can be my wingman anytime. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Just going to let you know that if you ever need a wingman, I'm a pretty damn good one. It's 438 on your Friday. It's Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Breaking news from Adam Schefter. Nobody's really surprised. Uh, not going to get into the details, but I'll just read you know the headline. Bills rookie Matarizo will not punt for Buffalo in tonight's preseason game at Carolina. Are we surprised? No. No, we're not. <laughs> Everybody knows why he's not punting, so we don't need to get into it. But Matarizo's not playing tonight. Shocker. Anyways, moving on. Saints and Chargers tonight from the Caesars Superdome. You know, James, this is one of those... This is one of the reasons why I hate the preseason. I hate it. I think it's pointless. It's not. It's it's so pointless. It's so pointless. Why? Does college have preseason? Do they have preseason games? No, they don't. Well, college is fine with running 200 players on their roster. They don't, not even close. Only 85, you have 110 dress. 110 dress. So, yeah, I mean, it's a bigger bigger roster. That's over double. That's That's over double. But that doesn't, how many of those guys actually play? Of course, not a lot of them. The same as an NFL team. Preseason is pointless. Why do you think they shrunk it from four to three? Next thing you know, it's going to go from three to two, and then it's just going to disappear. It's pointless. I didn't need the four, but I think three works. Two or three. I think I think you're going to see it go down to two very, very quickly. Oh, they're bound to do that within the next couple of years. Because uh, there, there's no point to it. I, I think it's ridiculous. But anyways, looking at... Well, so is week zero, but we still have week zero. Well, I mean, I, I agree. Week zero is pointless as well, but but that one counts as a as a regular season game, which is here you go. Only about twenty of y'all get to play, which an does, extra game, which doesn't make sense. Like why? It makes no. So do the teams like? I, I, I obviously I'd have to look at the schedule, but like, do the teams that play in week zero? 
get two bye weeks? Or, like, how does that work? Because everybody ends up playing 12 games in the end. Well, if that's the case, then yeah. So I'm so it's it's so they'd have to get a second bye week, or their season ends a week earlier, or, or so, I don't know. I, I obviously I'd have to look at it, but that just. I, it, but it helps you. But with when it comes to preseason, it helps you try to figure out who's going to be your guys in case of what, an injury. That's what camps for. Yeah, you but they're not. Out yeah, camp. but they're not playing real football. Play some scrimmages. Play some joint scrimmages. I mean, I guess still that's what preseason it, is. No, yeah. <laughs> now you, now I still you're, think it's pointless. Now you're figuring it out. I still think it's pointless. But, and the, but you brought up week zero, so let's dive into that rabbit hole. Oh, okay. You know, we if you're going to have a week zero, if you're going to have the season start a week early, that's fine. Can we put some interesting games together? At least. I mean, outside of Nebraska-Northwestern, none of these games interest me. So unless you're a fan of said team playing, what's the point? I mean, UConn and Utah State. Blake Anderson is going to punch the Huskies into the ground. Duquesne, Florida State. Florida State's bad, but come on, it's Duquesne. I didn't even know they had a football program until like three weeks ago. Florida A&M. Florida A&M has 20 players ineligible, yet somehow they're still going to play. Make that make sense. Coach tells the media, oh, I only have seven offensive linemen available to play. I got two subs for four quarters against the freaking Tar Heels, but let's go play. You're an idiot. Let's dig out of the hole. Why? And let's go. Let's talk about the preseason and the Saints game tonight. <sighs> let's let's get back on track. Let's get back on track, James. So, what are you expecting out of this Saints game tonight against the Los Angeles Chargers? Game hotline's ringing seven zero six zero one one one. One thing I'm interested to see is I'm interested to see, you know, I'd like to see more of Andy Dalton tonight. I mean, obviously you're you're gonna see Jameis for for pieces, but I'd I'd really like to see Andy Dalton get his feet wet more than than he has already in this preseason. We don't need to see any more from him. I uh, I don't want to see more Ian Book. So, oh well. <laughs> Guess what? You're going to see more. Let's go to the hotline. Jay's calling in. Jay, happy Friday, bud. What's up? Happy Friday. Actually, it's Jerry, but uh, Jay's close enough. What's up, Jerry? Well, um, Matt, I I have to disagree with you, man, about the preseason. Don't get me wrong. I don't like it too much, but I feel like you still got to play it for players to make a roster, you know? I mean, I I, I get that, and and, and I'm – in agreement with that but again you know you could do something very similar to to college where you just have a longer camp yeah i I, here's the thing though man if you really think about it like if you look at other sports i think i want to say even college baseball and softball have fall ball now 
there's really no other sport outside of college football that doesn't have a preseason. So it's almost part of the norm. I, I you know, I'm, I'm not look. I'm not fan, I'm a fan of exhibitions when they don't count, but I understand why they have it. Now I do like the fact that they did like narrow the amount of games because four games was. I mean, actually, back in the '90s, they used to have five games. Okay, three games is more than enough. But I do think. Look, I know it's not fun to watch, but I do think you have to – it's almost like a public tryout, you know. I do think it's necessary at times, especially if you have certain bat- uh, position battles. Um, tonight I'm kind of curious to watch the Saints because I want to see if Jameis is going to play. According to multiple reports, he will. How much is unknown? He's got to play, though, man. I want to see the man get some reps, you know, having coming off the season-ending injury. I'd like to see him play a little bit, see what he can do. Uh, that's what I'm going to be interested in to see if he gets a few drives in. But, I, look, nothing against Ian Book, but I can only watch so much of Ian Book right now. <laughs> no offense to the guy. Well, I, I agree with you because he's absolutely terrible. Um but no, Jameis, if I had to guess, Jameis is going to start and he probably plays the first quarter. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. But, yeah, man, I, look, as far as week zero goes, I'm just happy it's college football. And, and no, I, don't, I know the matchups aren't the greatest. But, hey, look, it's I guess after all summer long of just, like, not having any sports outside of Major League Baseball, which I watch a little bit. I mean, I'm a Strohs fan, as you already know, Matt. But, um it's nice to at least, even if it's like West, what is it, Western Kentucky and Austin P. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch a little bit of that. I, I'm going to, I have to confess, I'm going to watch some of that tomorrow at 11 a.m. Why not? It's college football, right? No, it's, it's fair. I, I'm going to watch my fair share of games tomorrow. I'm just saying, I and, wish, I wish they were more entertaining. And Florida State, I mean, dude, they play both LSU and the Cajuns. Duquesne beat Ohio last year before they played the Cajuns. Remember that? I do. I do. Yeah, I mean, so. Now, I don't think Duquesne's going to do that again, but, you know, do a little scouting report on Florida State, right, and see what, uh, see what they look like this year. I know Mike Norvell's uh, seat's getting a little warmer. I know you know, the, the fans are getting a little impatient with him, but, uh, you know, it, you know, it's kind of like preseason football for college, but it's not. It counts. I mean, it's either that. I mean, look, the following week there's a lot of schools, FBS schools playing FCS, so, I mean, they're just – they're just expediting the process one week in advance, right? Jerry, you're a logistics guy. Give me your thoughts on Vanderbilt having to fly all the way to Honolulu. That's a long plane ride, man. That's probably about an eight or eight nine hours. hour plane ride. Yep. Uh, you know, I I want to say Hawaii's playing in that smaller stadium now. I want to say they they uh, they're allowing a crowd. They're allowing attendance uh, this year. Um, I, oh, and Timmy Chang. You remember, I think the floor of Hawaii's all-time passer, I believe it is, Timmy Chang is their head coach this year. Yeah, he is. He took the job. So, yeah, I, look, I kind of like Hawaii because they're such a unique uh, program, being where they are, and they really – they're kind of like the Cajuns. They kind of embed their culture into the football program. Um, but, I, dude, I, I'll be honest with you, Matt, I, that, <laughs> Van, Vandy's going on a long trip there, man. I, I, I'm sure they got there probably like Tuesday or Wednesday to at least get adjusted to the time. I mean, I would, I would hope so. That would, that would be, that would be logical for sure. Um, That's right. That's right. And then a nine thirty kickoff. I mean, I know, yeah. I know it yeah. won't be nine thirty there, but nine thirty here. I mean, Jesus Christ. 
Dude, Hawaii always had – like, I remember, like, growing up as a kid, like, you would always watch – it would always be – what's it called? Stark, uh, was it the the, the, the Pac-12 games at night? Yeah, Pac-12 There's after dark? Yeah, Pac-12 after dark. And then after that, you would see, like – so, like, the kickoffs would be, like, a 9, like, 9 o'clock, like, Arizona State and Washington. And then 10.30 would be Hawaii versus Fresno State. You yeah, know, Hawaii's, if you wanted to watch some extra curriculum, some extra football after Hawaii's day. Hawaii's um, second game is against Western Kentucky, and they kick off at ten fifty nine p.m. <laughs> well, just imagine if like either LSU or the Cajuns went. I mean, we would. I mean, I'm sure everybody here would stay awake. So that's uh, brutal. But 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 anyways, no, I just wanted to call and talk a little preseason and. And uh, week zero football. I know it's not the greatest, but you know what, guys? It's football, and uh, I'm going to be watching some college football tomorrow, regardless of if it's a you know FCS or FBS. But uh, gives us a little bit of a preview for next weekend. And I want to say a lot of games. Usually week one, it's always uh, what Wednesday and Thursday games, or Thursday and Friday games leading up to Saturday. Yeah, there, there's a couple Wednesday Thursday games. Dude, I'm fired up about that, man. I know you are too, Matt. Absolutely. You can admit it. Come on. I know, I know you're not oh, looking I'm... forward to tomorrow, but it uh, gives a little bit of an appetizer for next week. Oh, I'm, I'm definitely ready for college football. No question about it. That's right. Well, I just want to call and say, hey, guys, great show. And, uh, Matt, I'll talk to you soon, buddy. All right, man. Appreciate you. Been doing this radio show for six months, and that's the first time that dude's called in. Love me some Jerry Bear. Nick Underhill just chimed in on Twitter Guys jogging in the end zone pregame. Alante Taylor, Marcus Davenport, Pete Warner, Adam Troutman, Taysom Hill, and Chase Hansen. Alante Taylor maybe going to go tonight? Uh, I don't know. That's intriguing. There's also some rumors that uh, Michael Thomas was, was catching some balls pregame don't know that that really means anything but i was gonna say don't geek me up i mean you you might see him for a drive get your feet wet Uh, maybe get your feet wet i'm not holding my breath on that i'd i'd be okay with him catching one ball and getting hit once (laughs) and all right you're out you're done. right go go get hit get out because for those guys, that's all it takes. Once you get popped, you're golden. You're ready to roll. Do you know how much of a tease that would be? Just one play? Well, just one play, one you get hit. out by Michael Thomas. I was going to say, you run like a hitch or a quick out route. You throw it to him, he gets hit. And then you get taken out, and you're like, I just got used to the hit. Right. And, and, <laughs> I, and now you're going to bench me? What the hell? Now I'm out. All right, cool. Oh, man. All right, we'll take a timeout when we retire. We'll wrap up hour number one and get you set for an incredible hour number two. It's Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the Houston Astros and LSU Tigers. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Johnson throws. Boutte's got it wide open at the 10. Far side. He's in for the score. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. A shot to left field. Going back on it's Gordon. He'll look up at the corner. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Kick off week one with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Join today and get started with $150 of free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. 
Just sign up using promo code KLWB to get in on the action. Then you can turn game day into payday all season long. I'm liking the Saints' money line and going on the under on points scored in their week one matchup against the Atlanta Falcons. You're always able to ch play your way, though, and bet on more than just the final score. You can wager on everything from touchdowns to total yards to even catches. You can even combine multiple bets for even bigger payouts with the same game parlay. Don't fumble your chance to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, with KLWB as the promo code. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana. Permitted parishes only. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable site credit. That expires in 14 days after the receipt. Restrictions do apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. God, the Superdome looks good. Nick Underhill just posted a picture on Twitter of the field before tonight's game, and it just, I don't know, looks better than it, than it does in the past. Maybe, maybe I just missed football that much. I don't know. But... It's a, it's a solid look. Crunch time with Miguez and Mesh. 56 after the hour. Best football movie of all time. James, which one are you picking out? I remember the Titans and the Waterboy. <laughs> if I'm in a... Do it. If I'm in a ha-ha funny mood, I'll go Waterboy. But in most cases, I would probably just go remember the Titans. Really? Yeah. I mean, that's fair. I probably would, too. I just I figured you would go Waterboy more times than not. Well, you don't take me serious? <laughs> no, actually, I don't. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, good to know. Hour <laughs> number one was a lot of fun, but hour number two is going to be even better. You know, we can't do a Friday fun show without Jake Crane, host of Crane & Company on the Daily Wire. He's going to join us. We're going to talk some betting. We're going to talk some college football, and we're also going to get a look at some NFL games. And then at 5.30, Barry McKnight, the voice of the Troy Trojans, will join us to talk about what's been happening in Troy, Alabama in year number one under John Summerall. You won't want to miss either one of them. Hour number two coming up after this top-of-the-hour sports update. You're listening to The Game. It's 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Hour number two on your Friday fun show. Here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh, you're listening to the game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, and it's time for our favorite segment of the week. Five o'clock on a Friday means it's time for Jake's Takes with Crane & Company's Jake Crane. Jake, my guy, what's going on? Fellas, what's going on, man? It's Friday. I love this segment, too, not just because I get to hang out with y'all, but that means we're almost Saturday. No, especially now with uh, with with college football starting tomorrow, right? Oh, for uh, for sure. I mean, we kick it off tomorrow, man. I'm so excited. Uh, hell, Austin P in Western Kentucky at 11. Let's get it on. All right. So, question number one. You know, I got to support you guys. I've, I've, I'm looking at three different Crane and Company T-shirts. Which one is your favorite? 
Oh, man, that's a great question. You know, the, the good teams win, great teams cover. Uh, that That's one uh, we really like the most. But i, I got to give it back to the Booster Club, man, our, our audience, the chat, everybody that's subbed. I mean, it's that's it's the greatest grassroots movement since Miracle Grow. <laughs> since Miracle Grow, I love that. All right, so question number one, and, and it's relating to the Rams-Bengals fight yesterday. I mean, what are your thoughts on Aaron Donald swinging two helmets around? You know, I was very surprised. Uh, Aaron's played long enough, and and anybody who's played long enough realizes that while it is an emotional thing, and and fights happen. You you want fights in fall camp, or you want you want fights uh, when you're going at it like this. Obviously, not in the game, but it kind of shows you where you're at. From you know, we when I was in South Alabama and, and coaching around the country, if we didn't have fights in fall camp. We worried. I mean, hell, we orchestrated some of them. Uh, but taking off your helmet and swinging it, it's kind of like, you know, that's unbelievably dangerous. There, there's a couple rules that you don't do. You don't punch a guy in the helmet, obviously, because you're going to break your hand. You don't take your helmet off so in, in case you get punched in the face, and you sure as heck don't take your helmet off and start swinging it around uh, like brass knuckles are a baton. I mean, if Aaron Donald hits – I mean, we all remember Miles Garrett and Mason Rudolph – but if Aaron Donald hits the guy whose helmet he has swinging that thing like that, you could do major, major damage, and that could lead to a whole lot of different things. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not a good look. Now, I know that the NFL can't necessarily hand down a punishment due to it taking place at practice, and the Rams have already said that they're going to handle it internally. Do you see a punishment coming for Aaron Donald? I don't. I, you know, this is where I wish you could get that there was some sort of like team fine like category. I, I know teams have been fined before, but just a small one. Nobody needs to get suspended. But hell, Aaron Donald's so important to the Rams, they may find the helmet. <laughs> yeah, you're not kidding. So tomorrow starts college football. UNC and Florida A&M is a game that has has made its way around. The, the news surface today with Florida A&M having close to 20 players ineligible. Coach said they only have seven offensive linemen available, and they're still going to play. What do you, what do you make of that? Man, I, I think it's embarrassing. It's a horrible look for FAMU. Uh, and the, look, the players, they said they left it up to the players. Yeah, the players are going to want to play, but they also want that check. There's a reason they're playing North Carolina, but it's an absolutely embarrassing look. Uh, all the way from the president of the school. Uh, not that, you know, it, it's some of the players who are ineligible and they, they need to get that fixed. But this, this, is, all, this is on the administration. This is on the coaches. This is on the people that, that, that are in charge of it. Uh, it's really embarrassing. I'm glad they're going to play, uh, you know, for North Carolina State, too. And, man, if you had North Carolina in the points, you're feeling pretty good right now. Yeah, no, absolutely. But, you know, from, uh, from another angle, you, you could look at it from a, from a player safety thing because – Obviously, it's not a good look to have 20 players ineligible, but like Coach said, you only have seven offensive linemen, five are on the field at once. You only have two subs for four quarters against a team that is, you know, much more physical than you are? Yeah, I mean, look, the game's already dangerous, but but I see what they're saying. That's why you leave it up to the players. Uh, it just, again, it kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with what I said earlier. Now, you've, you've put yourself in this situation – now you're having to do something that, that is not normal. You're having to do something that is somewhat dangerous. And it's going to be very, very interesting uh, if a couple guys go down in the game tomorrow. 
uh, and you have some, you know, 210-pound tight end trying to block the, some of the aliens that North Carolina has on that defensive line. A couple other games I'm looking at for this weekend. Obviously, Nebraska-Northwestern taking place in Dublin, Ireland. We talked about Scott Frost last week and, and about how he could possibly, or not could, he is on the hot seat. Uh, what do you what do you make of this game? I, I think it's going to be ugly. I think it's going to be low scoring. Everybody talks about Nebraska. You know, they, they want to come back after a bad year. They're fired up. They want to do it for Scott Frost. Well, Northwestern didn't exactly blow the doors out last year. So they're as upset as anybody. Pat Fitzgerald is the guy who's had success at Northwestern. I do think Nebraska obviously has the better roster, especially with the transfers that, that they, they got at wide receiver. Then O'Shawn Mathis coming in from TCU. Uh, but I, I think Northwestern is going to try and control the ball. I think they're going to try and run the clock. Uh, you look at Mark Whipple from the, uh, Nebraska, who's coming over from Pitt, the offensive coordinator. I think they're going to try and play keep away with him. I, first game of the year, you're over there in Ireland. Uh, I just I think it's going to be low scoring and ugly. I do think Nebraska wins, uh, but you you know you've seen Northwestern at, at plus thirteen. Now I believe it's down to plus twelve. Uh, I got to look at it. I haven't seen it seen it uh, really at the end of today. We already made our our bet today on the show this morning, and we're going to put out our graphic. Uh, in the mor- in, uh, tomorrow morning as well. So it's uh, look at the end of the day, we got football. I don't care how ugly it is. UConn, Utah State. I mean Blake Anderson at Utah State. You and I are both pretty familiar with him. Twenty-seven point favorite over the Huskies. You gotta you gotta be taking the Aggies in this, right? Yeah, you know Utah State. You you lose your quarterback uh, on a team that surprised everyone. Went eleven and one and won the Mountain West. Really happy to see Blake have success over there. A guy I coached against when he was in Sun Belt. Look, and, and I know Jim Morris said his house was haunted. I think he meant to say Field House because that roster is still so bad. It's the UConn. You know they played Vanderbilt last year in the you know the Flint Michigan Mega Bowl. Uh, hopefully they've been able to improve. It's almost impossible that that they won't. I still like Utah. I'm not touching this game. I wouldn't touch this game with a 10-foot pole. Uh, but if I had to, you know, rubber meets the road, I'm taking Utah State in the points. Florida State-Duquesne is the last one. You know, Duquesne, they upset Ohio last year. Now I know Ohio and Florida State are on different levels. But could Duquesne pull off some football magic again? Are they, though? No, I'm just kidding. Uh <laughs> You know, you, you worry about if you're a Florida State fan looking ahead to that LSU game, right? But that's why ha- having it the first game, you're not as worried about it. It's hard to have a trap game in the first game because you haven't played in so long. Uh, I, you know, Florida State's roster, it's, it's funny. Florida and Florida State's roster are not even close to where they need to be, which is so weird to say. Florida State hasn't had a winning regular season since 2016. Those words coming out of my mouth, they just make no sense. I think they'll beat Duquesne, obviously, uh, and then they're going to play a team at LSU that is, is very, very intriguing to me uh, with Brian Kelly down there as well. You know, kind of the waves that were made this week on our show about that. Um, but now I, I think uh, FSU is going to handle business. Chat with Jake Crane, host of Crane & Company here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Auburn announced today that their AD has resigned due to what people are calling political reasons. You're an Auburn guy. Where do you stand on this? Well, it's funny. Pol- political reasons. What, is he running for office? Uh, look, the guy's interviewed for six different AD jobs. 
Uh, look at the contract he signed and the amount of money he was making compared to the other ADs. Like, like this isn't something where Auburn was just, you know, for one day just woke up and were like, you know, Alan Green, get out of here. I, I mean, it's, they've had success in basketball, obviously, with Bruce Pearl. Alan Green didn't hire him. The same thing with Butch Thompson. Uh, it just wasn't a great fit. You know, th- this, this has been something that, that if you had any sort of inside information, you knew it was coming. There were people like, there's a big booster friend of mine, uh, not, not even on the football side, who thought he was going to be out by March. So this isn't some, this isn't the booster Brian Harson thing. People are going to, you have the clowns out there like Pete Samuel and Stuart Mandel, who, Howie Mandel's way better than Stuart Mandel. They're going to try and make a story out of it. But they're just trying to make sure the athletic doesn't, you know, get burnt to pieces. Uh, but it, it is what it is. It's not this mega story that a lot of people are thinking. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who replaces them. Go get Charles Barkley. Go get Charles Barkley. All right, we talked about Scott Frost being on the hot seat. Give me three coaches in college football fighting for their jobs this year. Dino Babers, Syracuse, uh, Brian Harson, Auburn. And another one, man, I, I mean, it's, Eli Drinkowitz has got to start doing something. You know, you've, you've not that he would get fired after this year, but if he doesn't do something this year, that seat is going to be extremely hot. If it is a dumpster fire, even after the big recruiting class, getting Luther Burden to stay home, uh, Missouri's an interesting case study this year. See, you, you poked a bear in that one because I, I think it's crap that Drinkowitz even got that job at Missouri. I mean, he had one good year at App off of a team that he didn't even recruit. And after one one-loss season, Missouri was desperate and hired him. Yeah, look, a lot of people were surprised he got it. Now, you know, he's, he came from, from the Malzahn tree. A lot of people know who Eli is. Uh, I, I hope he does well because he is a really good guy. I know he can kind of seem corny sometimes, but he really is a great dude. Uh, yeah, they, they better start doing something there. And look at that schedule. It's tough to look around and be like, y'all got this. Yeah, no, no question about it. Let's go to the NFL now. Uh, let's look at the AFC. Who do you have coming out of the AFC West? Man, I think it's still the Chiefs division. But I've got the Chargers winning the Super Bowl. Uh, it's the, the best division I've seen in a long time in the NFL, uh, and, and that's saying something. But, yeah, I think the Chiefs win the division. The Chargers win the Super Bowl. AFC South? Man, this is another one where it's a lot of people are, are going to, you know, bounce around and say, oh, well, you know, it's instantly, you know, the Colts get Matt Ryan. Uh, but, man, I look at the Titans with Derrick Henry coming back. I really believe in Mike Vrabel as well. The only thing I don't believe in is Ryan Tannehill because I don't think he can throw you to a win uh, when you have to have it. But give me, give me the Titans. Uh, the Colts still, I mean, Paris Campbell's nice. We know Michael Pittman's got some dog in him. They've got to become more, more, you know, multi-dimensional. Uh, a guy I do like in fantasy though is Naheem Hines. With that lack of wide receiver, you know, dominance from a personnel standpoint, uh, they don't want to put the load all on Jonathan Taylor because he's got to be able to get him through the playoffs. So Naheem Hines is an interesting little fantasy pick. Listen to you, Nashville's turning you into a fan of the blue and gray. Listen, I, I'm a fan of Mike Brabel, man. I, I really believe in that guy. I mean, it, 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 he's he's the guy I would have loved to play for. Bengals win the AFC North? Uh, here's my thing with the Bengals. And you know Blaine. Blaine is just so in love with Joe Burrow. The birthday but boy, th- by the way. I, say it again? The birthday boy, by the way. Yeah, I know. He's uh, He graduated to level 28. Pretty excited for him. But I got the Ravens. 
you know, again, losing to Hollywood Brown, uh, I, I understand kind of kind of people being worried there. But I think Lamar Jackson, uh, with all the contract stuff, uh, I, I got the Ravens. And then lastly, the AFC East has got to run through Orchard Park, New York, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, it's it, look, I know the Dolphins, everybody's excited about Tyree Kill going over there and, and meeting up with Tula and, uh, and Jalen Waddle. but it's Josh Allen and the Bills, dog. I mean, if if the Chargers don't win it, uh, the Bills sure as hell got a, got the best chance. You add Von Miller to that defense. We all remember the game against the Chiefs last year, one of the best games I've seen uh, in a long time, let alone an NFL playoff game. But, yeah, I like the Bills. All right, two more for you, Jake. Uh, I know you were a coach at one time. You were a player at one time as well. Uh, there was an incident in Texas in, in high school football that had to do with hazing 21 players getting suspended for you know, making players run around naked with Oreos. Where do you stand on hazing? Okay, they, they obviously got that from Blue Mountain State. Right, um, If you've right. ever seen that show. Here's, here's my thing, man. I don't, you know, I don't want people running around naked you know that's not that that wasn't like hazing when 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 i was playing like like they weren't hitting you with the paddle hazing was having to you know you know do things as a young guy carry the stuff out uh uh you know for practice uh just some other you know some other things i'm not gonna bring up i i don't i'm Look, man, you know, you can sit here and be politically correct. you like, hazing's the devil, like Bobby Boucher's mama. But you, you need that. There needs to be something that, that shows that there's a difference between the upperclassmen and the, the lowerclassmen. And uh, it just, I feel like there's levels to it. That's what I'll say. Everything's the devil to you, mama. Yeah, I said, Ben Franklin ain't been in electricity. I ain't been in electricity. Ben Franklin's the devil. What NFL games are you watching this weekend, man? Uh, you said NFL. Yeah, man. I mean, look, we're we're still kind of caught in our uh, purgatorical situation. I mean, you know, I always like watching the teams that, that not a lot of people expect out of. You know, the Jaguars watching them, everybody's gonna be like, "Ew!" But them watching the Falcons, a lot of people are interested uh, with the Falcons and kind of what you know they're gonna do. I, I know you know the starters aren't playing and stuff like that. Uh, but then you got the Ravens. Are they going to keep the win streak up? The best preseason team of all time ever. You want to talk about a good bet? Uh, then you look at the Vikings and the Broncos. Broncos, speaking about the AFC West, really interested to see how they do. So, I mean, look, Lions, Steelers, Kenny Pickett has done a really good job. Uh, led a, a game-winning drive game one, uh, big-time halftime drive game two, uh, scoring there with, with you know when they had to have it. So those were a couple. Jake Crane, host of Crane and Company, weekdays from six thirty to eight. Jake, appreciate you taking the time, my guy. Have a great weekend, and uh, I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. Your new segment intro will be ready next week. Oh, I'm super jacked and tan about that, man. I appreciate it. You guys can catch us, Crane and Company, in the morning, seven thirty to nine Eastern. We got our Saturday special with Mike Golick Jr. coming on tomorrow as well. Go to YouTube, check us out, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that stuff, man. I appreciate it, guys. There he goes, Jake Crane, the host of Crane and Company. Again, one of the greatest sports talk shows on the market, other than Crunch Time with Me Guys Mesh, of course. But, anyways, we had to just just throw that subtly out there. 
The Game Clubhouse, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. Once you join our rewards club, you can have the opportunity to score prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse, a $50 gift certificate to the Acadiana Bar and Grill, or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. The only way to score these prizes is by joining the clubhouse, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free, it's simple, so sign up today. We'll take a time out when we return. The hotline is open, 337-706-0111. James and I are going to give you our playoff predictions for the NFL. You're listening to The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Mebra. Those things were disgusting. So in case you, in case you weren't listening this morning to Footnotes, Five names had a pack of tailgate edition candy corn. It was all different flavors of candy corn. They had one that was like cotton candy. They had one that was vanilla ice cream. They had one that was cheeseburger. And then they had one that was hot dog. Now, I had the cotton candy. It was it was actually pretty good. I'm not a big candy corn fan. I don't like the texture of it. And it feels funny in my mouth when you chew it just feels weird. I don't like it. Um, but the cotton candy one wasn't bad. And then she gave me the hot dog. James, when I tell you I could not spit it out fast enough. I could not spit it out fast enough. That was... I, I, I honestly... Th- this is how bad it was. I would drink a beer from a hot dog. Before I ate that again. I'm serious. I would try the glizzy straw. Before I'm I eat that So waiting for that competition to go around. Hey. I'm I'm not I'm not looking forward to it. But I will try it. Uh, apparently there have been talks about. The game crew doing. A drink Dr. Pepper. Through a hot dog. Challenge. And the first one to finish the cup or the bottle or whatever wins. Yeah. All right. So this is a welcome sign. Jameis is in pads. Yes, sir. He's in pads. The goat himself. Well, he's not wearing shoulder pads, but he's in football pants. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't been wearing his uniform in the preseason. So, I mean, him being in football pants has got to signal that... He's gonna play at some point tonight. Likely to. Why would he? Why would he play against hey, the third and fourth stringers? I, I don't know. He's, he's gonna start the game. I, he's playing the whole first quarter. I'm gonna laugh when he does it. Comes in in the second half. That would be so stupid. <laughs> Jameis Winston. Everybody's gonna be like, "What the hell?" All right, I, I got a little bit of court NFL trivia for you. You know, you're you're such a big NFL guy. Let's see if you can answer this. I'm gonna get exposed. Let's see if you can answer this. Okay. Name the four quarterbacks Aww. that have beaten every NFL team. Drew Brees. Okay. Peyton Manning. Okay. That's two. Tom Brady. That's three. Brett Favre. God, how did you know that? <laughs> how did you know that? I'm just that good. Oh, my God. And, and you did it so easily. Yeah. 
Like the first four guys you named, <laughs> they weren't in the order that they're that they're on this list. But like the first, <laughs> whatever, man. <laughs> oh no, man. Now, okay, there's a guy that's got to beat two more teams to become the fifth. Now, I'll tell you the two teams that he has to beat, and that might help you figure out who it's going to be. Is one of them Aaron Rodgers? No. What? Well, I don't, I don't know. The, the, the team, they, they only listed a, a guy, one guy that could become the fifth. It says, with a win against the Seahawks and Chargers, blank would become the fifth. Oh, this uh, Russell Wilson. Yeah. Yeah, because his, I remember his first game. It was against Philip Rivers against the Chargers. They only had the ball for like <laughs> maybe twenty-two minutes. So he could become the fifth this year. If because I mean you're going to play the Broncos. I mean you're going to play Week the Chargers, one, um, and you're in the division, and then you're going to play Seattle too. So maybe, maybe you get that done this year. Um. Rams incident, again, statement from the team, the incident will be addressed internally and any any discipline will remain in-house. So no suspension. They're going to run him. They're probably going to fine him, and they're going to call it a day. All right, let's look at our NFL playoff predictions. So we'll run through each side the NFC and the AFC just do who, who made the playoffs and we'll t- yeah we'll say who made the playoffs and what we have their record at we'll go in order of seed we'll do the AFC first I've got the Bills first at 16 and 1 I have them at 15 and 2 I have the Chiefs second at 13 and 4 I have the Raiders at 14 and 3 I have the Bengals at 12 and 5 same here I have the Colts at 9 and 8 I have them at 10 and 7 I have the Raiders fifth at 11 and 6 I have the Chiefs at thirteen and four. I have the Ravens at nine and seven. I have them at twelve and five. I have the Titans at nine and eight. I have the Broncos at eleven and six. And then on the NFC, first seed, I have the Eagles at thirteen and four. Yep. I have the Packers at twelve and four. I have the what? Oh, I must have missed a game. I have the 49ers at twelve and five. Which funny enough, for me, the next five picks are all twelve and five. So I would have I would have the I would have the Packers at twelve and five also, as the as the three seed. My two seed would be the Niners at twelve and five. Three seed is Saints at twelve and five. My four seed is the Saints at ten and seven. My Packers are twelve and five, but they're the four. My fifth seed is the Rams at twelve and five. Same. And then my sixth seed is the Cowboys at eleven and six. I have the Bucks at twelve and five as well. And then my seventh seed is the Bucks at ten and seven. And then I have the Cowboys at ten and seven. So in the playoffs, I've got the Raiders and Colts with the Raiders winning that one. I had I had Chiefs beating the Colts. I have the Ravens in an upset beating the Bengals. Yeah, I have I have the Bengals winning that game. And then I have, I have the, the same matchup. And then I have the Raiders beating the Broncos on the AFC side. On the NFC side, see I, you had the Broncos making the playoffs. Yeah, but it's a one and done. Whatever. They're not gonna. They're not gonna have. It's not gonna be some Cinderella story. I have the Rams beating the Packers. I have the Saints sweeping the Bucks, and then I have the 49ers beating the Cowboys. So I've got the Raiders beating the Colts. I've got the Bengals beating the Ravens. I've got the Bucks beating the Packers, 
And then I have the Saints beating the Niners. And then the second round, I've got the Rams beating the Saints, the Eagles beating the Bucks, the Chiefs beating the Bengals, the Bills beating the Raiders. And my conference championships, I've got the Bills beating the Chiefs and the Eagles beating the Rams. And then the Bills winning the Super Bowl. I have the Chiefs beating the Raiders and then the Bills beating the Ravens. And then I have the 49ers at home beating the Saints and then have the Eagles beating the Rams in FedEx. I believe FedEx is the Phillies home stadium. So then my conference is no FedEx is um that's the Commanders. Oh, yeah. Whichever I whichever one I, I can't remember off top, but my conference is Chiefs Bills and I'm taking the Bills and then it's 49ers Eagles and I'm taking the Eagles and then I'm taking the Bills to win the whole thing. That's fair. That's fair. So we've got the Bills winning the Super Bowl. And they end up being a one-loss team. When's the last time a one-loss team won a Super Bowl? Been a long time. Has it ever happened? Not in the Super Bowl era, no. Because I know the, the Patriots went into 42 undefeated. But they didn't. They didn't win that game. Nope. Uh, the I, last time we saw a one-loss team was the Carolina. Packer. No, yeah, the Packers in 2011 and Carolina in 2015, and they yeah. both lost. Carolina lost in the Super Bowl, but the Packers lost in the wild card round. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. So that'll uh, it'll be interesting to see if that actually comes true. We'll take a time out right here when we return. Barry McKnight, the voice of the Troy Trojans, will join us for an in-depth look on Troy before they head to Cajun Field here in a few weeks. You're listening to the game. It's 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Sign up right now for the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com so you can score tickets, gift certificates, and more. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Let's take a look now at the Trojans of Troy. Mr. Barry McKnight, the voice of the Troy Trojans, joining us via the game hotline. Barry, thanks for taking the time, man. How are you? I'm doing well. We just got done uh, through a torrential rainstorm. I was at practice this afternoon on campus that up so man we are definitely down here and i'm sure over there as well definitely in the football mode now can't wait yeah definitely inching to get to get back out on the football field here in the next you know week or so but man if this rain doesn't let up we we might be running into some issues we have uh we we have already run into issues you know we don't have an indoor facility so when it rains uh you've you've got to um You've got to just postpone things. So, you know, I um, it's cut into our time a little bit yesterday and, and, of course, a good bit today, and there's not a whole lot of time. And believe me, there's still a lot left to do here before we open up against Ole Miss next week on the road. So, Barry, first year under John Summerall coming in after being the defensive coordinator at Kentucky. Talk about what this offseason for, for year one has looked like under his leadership. It's been a lot of enthusiasm. I've said that every time. The the enthusiasm and the chemistry has definitely taken 
a step up. Uh, you know, the, the, the players are um, – they were motivated before, but, I mean, they, they, he has um, – he has accelerated things a good bit here. Really, in the offseason, since he got the job, uh, you can really kind of divide his offseason, Troy's offseason, into two different areas, before spring practice and after spring practice. Before spring practice, didn't really know what exactly you had. You know, they're, they're working on weights. He's trying to... Um, you know, to, to figure out exactly who the players are, you know, who the ones you can count on, who are the ones that look the best. And spring practice really did a lot towards that. But after spring practice, well, during spring practice and afterwards, it's been a period of some really big talent acquisition. I don't know that I've seen, even in this day and age of NIL and transfer portal, I don't know that I've ever seen roster addition, talent acquisition take place as much after spring, as it has at Troy, I mean, there's four new offensive linemen, uh, three of whom are on the are probably going to be on the two deep. There's, of course, a brand new quarterback who who's been uh, practicing for about eight days. Uh, there's a couple of um, of transfers otherwise that have come in. So, you know, it's been really, I mean, it's been remarkable, no question about it. The first half, just trying to figure out where he was. And after spring practice, he's addressing some of those needs. So there's a lot of questions heading into the fall, but um, it, it is definitely, definitely an exciting time. You know, you, you talked about that quarterback situation. The, the quarterback room really seemed set under Gunnar Watson, but now, you know, Jared Doge has transferred in. You said he's practiced for about the last eight days. You know, where does this quarterback room stand now? Well, it, it, it has definitely uh, caused some con, um, some conversation. I think the way to read it, you know, Gunner has started 16 games. He wasn't the starter coming out of fall last year. Uh, Taylor Powell was, and then he got hurt, and Gunner came in and started the last seven games. Uh, so he's got the experience, no question. But it is a brand-new offense, and everybody kind of started – at ground zero with that. There are some young quarterbacks behind Gunner. Peter Costelli is a redshirt freshman, a transfer from Utah, who was a four-star. But, you know, he's from California. He didn't play his final year of high school because of COVID, uh, and he didn't play his for last year at Utah. So he hasn't played a snap of football in two years. There's a true freshman they really like named Tucker, uh, Tucker Kilcrease, and there's a redshirt freshman named um, Quade Hawkins. So really, there was nobody other than Gunner, not only with starting experience, but had ever taken a snap in a college game. Very talented guy. So last week, they brought in a guy named Jarrett Dagey, who has been, uh, right now, look it up, he is the NCAA's current active leader in passing yardage, and he's thrown 79 touchdowns. Um, he came in at, um, a week ago yesterday. You know, people were asking me, hey, have you heard about a new quarterback? And I hadn't. And I was heading out to practice, and I looked out there, and there he was. I, You know, whether it was Troy or not, I had never heard that happen before. I didn't even know you could do that. He had been going through fall camp all fall at Western Kentucky. Wasn't going to win that job, so he transferred immediately. I mean, he got to campus a week ago Wednesday enrolled in classes, was there on Thursday, practiced Friday. I've never seen that before, but he does bring experience. You know, Gunner's probably going to get going to be the starter against Ole Miss, but if something happens, he is an awfully good insurance policy, at least early in the season. It's not soon enough for him to, you know, learn the entire offense and learn all the personnel and be the starter, but you know, he is definitely somebody a couple, three, four games down the road who definitely looks like he might insinuate himself into this thing. 
a constant for Troy the last couple of years has been Kamani Vidal in the backfield. Talk about his skill set and you know what makes him stand out above the rest. Well, he is he is he definitely does everything the right way. He's an intangibles guy. He's strong. He's low. He's about five ten, about two fifteen or two twenty. So he's he's got a low center of gravity. He really runs low to the ground. He catches the ball okay out of the backfield, but he's a workhorse kind of a guy. And again, the intangibles. He does everything right. He's he wants to be good. What I think really suits him this year with with the offensive coordinator, the new guy Joe Craddock, who had been the OC at Arkansas and SMU, is that this will look different. You'll notice this, Matt. It, it's when, when, the Trojans, when the Trojans play the Cajuns, it's going to be a much more physical offense. Um, instead of passing to set up the one, they want to run the football. They are committed to running the football, and that can only mean good things for Kimani. The good news also is, is they've got Jamontez Woods coming back, who is more of a home run threat. They've got E.K. Billingsley, who's entering his senior season. He ran for 900 uh, two years ago, um, and a, and a Texas A&M transfer named Charles Strong. So they've got some help with him. But that's one thing that I think if somebody say, how are they going to look different this year? To me, that's the way they're going to look different. They, they are much more committed to running the football on offense. And Kimani's going to be a beneficiary of that. Tez Johnson and Jabray Barber are, are, are two guys that that come back from on the wide receiver core from a year ago. Who else has kind of stepped up to fill in those spots at wideout? Well, there's a couple of guys, Jabri and, and Tez. You mentioned them. Those are those are inside receivers. Neither of them very big, but they uh, they know how to create space and they can run. What what Troy really is looking for is an outside receiver, a go route guy who can really who can really stretch the field, as the the saying goes. And to be right now, they're, they're still looking. They've got a young freshman that's just come in that Sumrall had um, had established a relationship with when he was recruiting at Kentucky. His name is Devontae Ross. He's like Tez in that he's only about a buck fifty, a buck sixty, but he can really run, runs kind of mature routes. He understands, you know, how to run a route. But as far as um, you know, guys to really, really get behind the defense, they're still looking for somebody consistently there, to be honest with you. But they do have talent. They do have guys who look the part. Um, and we'll see. Maybe a Deshaun Stoudemire, maybe a Marcus Rogers or a Roger Johnson, a transfer from UAB. But uh, right now, without a doubt, the strength of the re- receiving core are the inside receivers. And I do think because of the new emphasis on offense, you're going to see a lot more out of the tight ends. And Troy has a really strong tight end group as well. So something to look for there. Chadwin Barry McKnight, the voice of the Troy Trojans, up front for this offense. You know, there's a little bit of a depth a depth issue, but mm-hmm. that that yep. first group is solid for you guys. You know, how healthy can that first five stay for Troy? Well, they they need to stay healthy. The good thing is, is that after spring, it looked as though none of them could have so much as a hangnail uh, for Troy to to have a hope on the offensive line. You're right. The first the first five are solid, led by Austin Stidham, the left tackle, who's uh, who's about to be a four-year starter at left tackle, um, who was all-conference last year. Uh, there's some solid guys. The one guy they lose is the center, and Jake Andrews moves over. He's a junior. He moves over from guard. But other than, you know, uh, some, some really serviceable, really quality guys like DeAndre Butler and Grant Betts, after that, there was, after spring, a real drop-off. 
in terms of numbers and talent. So that was where the new offensive line coach, Cole Popovich, who had been an O-line coach for the New England Patriots before, that's where they really got busy uh, after spring. Uh, They brought in, I think, four JUCO guys. One of them is a British guy named Tyler Harvey uh, Fallows, who's about 330, and he'll start at right guard. Uh, A couple of other JUCO guys, a transfer from Tennessee State. So you're perceptive to to point that out because the the first five on, on the offensive line, Absolutely, you can win with those guys. But what the problem was, was was behind them. I think that is certainly looks like it's going to be shored up, but you can only tell once the pads, you know, once the pads start popping and the games are commencing. Going to the defensive side, Barry, nine starters back on defense, including two of the best defensive players in the entire conference in Javon Solomon and Carlton Marshall. Talk about, you know, their leadership of this defense and, you know, other guys on the defense like K.J. Robertson, T.J. Harris, mm-hmm. Del Pettis. Talk about this experienced defense. Well, it is that. And there's no question, the, the tone of this team, the, the, the identity of this team is going to be the defense. It, it, is, it is literally as deep as uh, defense as I have seen from Troy. And I've seen some awfully good defenses here. And it's led by Carlton Marshall. I mean, I've... I've had to be creative in the number of times I've, I've had to describe Carlton Marshall making the tackle because he's made a jillion of them. He's 104 tackles away from the all-time NCAA career tackles record. He will have tackled more people than anybody else in the history of the sport if he has 104 tackles this year. Uh, he's one of my favorite players ever. He's a small linebacker that can just run real well, has off-the-charts football IQ. Solomon has been a real find. He's a bandit, that that combo defensive end linebacker who basically just gets after the quarterback, and he definitely does that with a guy in that bandit slot named Richard Gibbonor, an Auburn transfer who was all-conference last year. But, yeah, the defensive line, Will Cholo at defensive tackles all-conference. They've got Antonio Showers, who's been hampered by injuries but has been really effective. K.J. Robertson may move inside this year. They're still trying to figure him out uh, where to put him, but he is an extremely reliable, sure tackler, Jaden McDonald. And the defensive backfield with Del Pettis, you mentioned him, Reddy Stewart. There's a new guy they really love. He's a sophomore named Caleb Ramsaw at a cornerback position. So, yeah, it's strong, it's fast, it's deep, and without a doubt, at least early in the first month of the season at least, that's going to be what carries this Troy team while it figures it out because that first month, Ole Miss, App State on the road, Marshall in Troy, that's in the first four games of the year. They're going to have to, they're going to, have to find out a lot of things about the, the Trojan team quickly, and it's going to be largely um, up to that defense to provide a little bit of a, of a cushion to give them a chance in those first four. Barry McKnight, the voice of the Troy Trojans, joining us here. The Trojans open their season in Oxford, Mississippi next Saturday. Barry, really appreciate you taking the time. Best of luck this season, and uh, we'll talk again when the when the Cajuns and Trojans meet up. Yeah, that's about the first Saturday in November, and don't 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 think that the fans around here haven't circled that date. I certainly look forward to, to visiting with you guys again. Appreciate the time today. Barry McKnight, the voice of the Troy Trojans. We'll take our final time out of the day. We'll wrap up to the week that was. On the other side, you're listening to the game. It's Southwest Louisiana's sports station and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. 
From the Louisiana Raging Cajuns to the latest with the New Orleans Saints and Pelicans. Miguez and Mesh cover it all. I'm not worried. Uh, I think it's something that I can get under control. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back. Crunch time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. It's 1037 Lafayette, 1041 in Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, 56 after the hour. We've got two minutes left in today's show. Let's take a look at the poll question one more time. Oh, James. Oh, buddy. The next eight hours are going to be crucial. It's 50-50. Oh, I love it. 50-50 between Remember the Titans and the Water Boy. Mama said that alligators are ornery because they got all them teeth and no toothbrush. Well, Mama's wrong again. No, Colonel Sanders, you wrong. All right, all right. Saints play tonight. Astros play tonight. 7-10. You can hear that right here on the game. They played the Baltimore Orioles. Kyle Bradish going for the Orioles. Lance McCullers Jr. going for the Houston Astros. I want to take this opportunity to thank Barry McKnight, the radio voice of Troy, as well as Jake Crane, host of Crane & Company, for Jake's Takes. For James Mesh, I'm Matt Miguez. Be safe. Be well. Give a big old hug to your mom and them. College football is back. Go enjoy it. We'll recap it all on Monday. We'll also talk Saints and, of course, the LSU Tigers with the Advocates Wilson Alexander. Have a great weekend, and we will talk to you on Monday. This is the game. It's 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.